Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. There's probably no greater honor in football when a team or a school retires a jersey. We're going to talk about the first three jerseys that got retired in college football with Timothy P. Brown of FootballArchaeology.com and one of his recent tidbits. Tim's coming up in just a moment to tell us all about it. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal for positive football history. And welcome to Tuesday, and it's footballarchaeology.com day with Timothy P. Brown of that website, the founder and host. Tim, welcome back to the Pigpen. Hey, hey Darren. Uh, good to see you. I was trying to adjust my uh, little white light here. I've tried a bunch of things to kind of brighten up this room, but I'm down in a, you know, got a basement office and it's always looks kind of yellow, but yeah. uh, you you're not here to look at, you're not here to look at me. You're here to listen to that, That's, that's right. Uh, and uh, no, nobody wants to look at me either. And uh, my, I have too much light and it, <laughs> it washes me out and I, I look like I'm uh, you know, a marshmallow man or something. So, <laughs> Hey, that's the way it goes. But uh you know, we're, we're not technology people, we're, we're football people, and we're here to talk a little bit about football and some football of uh, ancient times here for at least, you know, a while back. And uh, you have a really interesting tidbit that I'd love to talk about today. You talk about the first three retired jersey numbers in a recent tidbit. And gosh, that uh, really piques the interest uh, just hearing that. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that, that story and, and who these three jerseys were and who wore them. Yeah, so, you know, the, um, so first of all, before numbers could get retired, people had to wear numbers, right? <laughs> and, and uh, you know, when football was first, when numbers were first being used to identify players, it actually, they were like on the scorecards. Um, the players didn't actually wear them, but it, they wouldn't wear a number necessarily, but the school would publish a scorecard that, and if somebody did a certain thing, you know, they made a tackle, they scored a touchdown, uh, or they came into the game as a substitute, they would post that player's number on the scoreboard um, in a particular spot. And then that is what, you know, you'd have to, co- oh, okay, number five. And then that was, uh, you know, you'd find the corresponding number on the scorecard. So then you'd know who the player was. Um, but so that was kind of a you know thing people don't realize it's kind of a goofy little uh, thing that occurred. But one of the other things when that process was going on is that you know the numbers changed from 
could change from week to week. I mean, normally it, it came up with one order at the beginning of the year, and then they just numbered the guys one through 25, right? And then they, whoever the visiting team was, they'd number them too, you know, and assign, assign them a number. So, that, you know, the numbers didn't really mean it to the players. But then they, you know, so starting 1905 is the first time, you know, numbers of war in a football game. Uh, but it didn't really until mid-teens when, you know, a lot more teams started started wearing them. And so then it wasn't until, you know, 1925, there's this fellow named Red Grange, who turned out to be a you know, pretty good running back at Illinois. Uh, and he happened to wear number 77, you know, not a number we associate with running backs nowadays, but, you know, that's what he wore. And he had such a fabulous career that Illinois decided, you know, once he, uh, you know, played his last game that they would never, they would never allow anyone else to wear number 77 for, for Illinois football team. So he became the first player to have number retired. And as far as I know, that's across all sports. Um, and so, so, you know, range number 77, boom. So he's the first guy. Then the next guy was a similarly uh, talented running back out at Stanford, uh, Ernie Nevers. And so the kind of funny thing about his story is that uh, he wore number one. And when they retired, you know, the, at the time on the Pacific Coast, the a lot of the student organizations kind of ran sports much more than they, they you know, you know. That, I mean, eventually that got professionalized. But um, so the student organization voted and said, we're not going to allow anybody else to wear number one at, at Stanford. And so, but then somehow they slipped up and the next year, a running back got issued the number one for one of the games. And what's just kind of, kind of cool about it it's just that you know it was kind of a big thing it got caught you know it was in the newspapers and everything um but then there's a picture in stanford yearbook (laughs) for that year that shows this guy wearing number one in a game you know (laughs) and you know it's just at that time they didn't have a lot of pictures in the yearbook but anyways so that's and then i've got that in the you know shown in the tidbit that, that we're talking about ne- nevers was probably a little bit ticked i mean he was a uh, playing pro ball that next year for probably duluth yeah. probably i'm assuming yeah. at that point but he's probably hey i thought you retired my number why is this guy wearing it what the hell Wait. yeah well i tell you he wasn't he didn't see it on tv so he, <laughs> he wouldn't have seen it at the time <laughs> but but yeah it's kind of a kind of a story and then that you know then they put a stop to it after after that first time so then the third guy to have his number retired uh that came in 1927 so two years later and it's a a guy that kind of everybody you know it's like today you know there's certain players that everybody knows so at the time he was would have been you know certainly known by anybody on the west coast probably you know other parts of the country because he was all-american but so he was the captain of saint mary's football team in 1927, a guy named Larry Bettencourt. And unlike the first two guys who were running backs, Bettencourt was a center. So, you know, and apparently he was, you know, talented enough and just, you know, 
was an honorable guy, all that kind of stuff. So then they end up retiring his note. Um, and then, but he ends up, he, he ended up instead of signing with the, uh, with the NFL, he signed a major league contract. Um, and then he played like three years with the St. Louis Browns, the same organization Ernie Nevers played baseball for. Um, and then he played like in parts of three seasons in the majors and then retired in like 32. And then he played for the Packers in 1933. So like six years after, uh, six, six years after getting out of college, he then goes and, you know, picks up the one season anyways with the with the Packers. So anyways, Larry Bettencourt. Interesting. Trivia, answer to a trivia question for you. Yeah, it definitely is. Now, Tim, maybe, maybe you can answer this question. Now, we know today when players' uh, numbers get uh, retired, you know, definitely in a professional sport, even college football too, uh, is usually like at the, the their final home game. I've seen it happen a lot of times or they'll they'll say, hey, this is the last time this number is going to be worn on the field. So people appreciate that player a little bit more. Now, in the 1920s, when, when Grange and Betancourt and Ernie Nevers, it was, was it at the same kind of thing at their last game or did they have like a separate uh, photo shoot or ceremony or something? Yeah, you know, I, I don't think it was all that formalized. You know, so to my knowledge, certainly nothing occurred at a game. Um, so well, like Illinois, you know, there's a picture uh, that was taken at the time uh, of, with Grange holding his jersey, his hands, you know, after after a game. So, I mean, it was, you know, it was a staged, you know, photo. So, you know, they, they knew they were doing this, but... To my knowledge, I, I, you know, I don't think they did any kind of ceremony, uh, you know, as part of his last game. And then, uh, you, you know, the others, Nevers and Betancourt, uh, you know, I think with Nevers, they kind of heard of, hey, this is what happened with Crane, we should do the same thing with Nevers. So I think that came a little bit after the fact. And then uh, Betancourt too, I mean, as far as I could tell, you know, looking at their yearbooks and things like that, I, I didn't see anything about this happening to him during during the time he was you know, still playing for them. And then, uh, you know, he played baseball for them the following spring, too. Now, I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, was, was Nevers like a year ahead of uh, range? Because I know Nevers played and Stanford played Notre Dame in that 1925 Rose Bowl. And Grange, I think, was a junior in 1925 and or 1924 season. So 1925 yeah. would have been his final season. Where Thanksgiving, yeah, I think they were both both seniors in 25. Oh, were they? Okay, I'm not mistaken. So, ne- so Nevers was a junior when he played in that Rose Bowl. Okay, that's why I was a little bit confused. And I was thinking the Rose Bowl was his last game. Okay, that makes sense. So, yeah. So anyway, I mean, it's just one of those things that we kind of take for granted now. But you know, it's like everything else. Somebody had to think this up, right? So somebody thought up, hey, we're going to not let anybody else wear Red Green's number. Um, you know, I, I think it's lost the time, you know, who that was. But it's, yeah, it's just one of those things. Somebody made it up and, you know, and now it's a tradition and a tremendous honor, regardless of sport. Uh, and whether it's your high school or anything, if they retire your number, then you must have done some pretty good things there. 
Right. It, it's also caused some interesting situations. I, I said, trying to think about a couple of years ago when J.J. Watt went to the Cardinals, he, he wanted to wear 99 like he wore at Houston, but that was Marshall Goldberg's number for the Chicago Cardinals. And he had yeah, to ask yeah. the Marshall Goldberg family for permission. They, they of course, allowed it. I think about uh, Joe Montana, you know, when he was more 16 with the 49ers, when he went to the Chiefs, of course, 16 was retired from Len Dawson. So he had ended up wearing, I think, 15 when he was with the, the Chiefs. But just kind of some interesting things with these legends uh, going to another team. And, hey, you can't have your, your number you wore at your old team because we have our own legend here by that number. So kind of, kind of a yeah, neat thing yeah. there, too. Well, and it's it's just... Um, you know, like at the professional level, you get into merchandising and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's just kind of funny how attached people become <laughs> to a number, you know, that oftentimes it's kind of just randomly assigned somewhere along the line. They got that bird, then, uh, you know, it becomes part of their identity. And uh, so anyway, I, I just the whole thing is kind of amusing in, in some, some respects. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And it's amazing how we do become attached to the numbers. Um, I, I know as I, you know, being a Steelers fan, even to this day, you know, when I think of number 10, I think of Roy Jarella, the kicker from the 70s, because that's who I grew up was number 10. And, you know, you have San Antonio Holmes catching, you know, uh, Super Bowl winning catches wearing that number. And you've had some, you know, a multitude of other players wearing that number 10. And, Definitely not Roy Jarella, the kicker. They're, they're much more athletic and yeah. uh, doing some better things than, than kicking field goals uh, and, and things like that too. So it's just amazing how we associate that. So, so good, good chat. That a great discussion. And you have some really uh, cool things and aspects of football that you point out that are sometimes so obvious and staring us right in the face. Uh, but you bring up some some history to it and uh, some stories to it. Maybe you could share with the listeners how they can partake in uh, reading your... Yeah, so, uh, you know, the best way is to just go to footballarchaeology.com and subscribe. It's free. And otherwise, if you don't want to do that, then, you know, you can follow me on Twitter, on threads, or subscribe to, uh, you know, just get the, the Substack app and you can follow me there and, and not necessarily get the get any emails. You know, kind of whatever whatever works for you. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, Tim, we really appreciate you coming on here, folks. Uh, the link to the tidbit that uh, Tim just spoke about today is in the show notes of this podcast. It'll also take you into uh, footballarchaeology.com. You, you go into, you know, once you're in there and you can check out some of these great tidbits he has there. And, uh, you know, hit him up on, on Twitter and some of these other social medias he's on and, uh, you know, message him on, on uh, threads. I, I or on uh, Substack, I'm sorry. Uh, I, as I quote, quite often do uh, reading these and uh, put my two cents worth and we have a little banter some couple times a week on this along with some others and it's a uh, good good fun reading a tidbit and it's a uh, good fun with the comments section too so tim we appreciate you and we would love to talk to you again next week about some more great football very good i'm sure we'll find something to chat about that's all the football history we have today folks join us back tomorrow for more of your football history 
we invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleat Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, as well as Jersey Dispatch, on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.